0: morning i don't i don't want to keep you too long i want to invite you to open up your bibles to first of samuel first samuel chapter 17 we're going to talk about a character in the bible a man of god that a lot of people love talking about and i do not but god has us here and he's got us here for a reason first samuel 17 3 when you've got it say yeah And if you're cheating on your phone, say yep. yep. Alright. All is good, but I want paper. Alright. First Samuel 17.3. And the isn't it funny when people say Philistines? It's like they're trying to sound whatever. Alright. And the Philistines. No. <laughs> oh. Alright. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's pretty big. He had, <laughs> he had a helmet of bronze on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had, a bronze, he had bronze armor on his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron. And his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? This is the reading of the Lord this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather and study your word this morning. God, we pray this, this time would be of most use and efficient, God, for your spirit to work in us, to breathe faith into us, to breathe new life into us, so that we might not worry about tomorrow. Lord, we put all of our trust, all of our abilities, all of our talents, All of our faith is in you. As always, may the blessing of the Lord be upon the reading and the studying of his word. Amen. Amen. Well, we're we're in a series called Not Worried. And, I mean, it's very apt and it's very timely for me because we've got a lot of things that we could be worried about, but we are not worried. And the whole point of this series is to help you not only worry less, but to help you get to a point where you do not worry. See, it doesn't matter what I think about worry, and it doesn't matter what you think about worry. What matters is what the Lord thinks about worry. And the Lord says, do not worry. Take no thought for your life. That's what the Lord says. He doesn't say, take little thought. He doesn't take, say, take little anxiety, take little worry. He says, take no thought for your life. I, I like to call worry the gateway vice. I don't know about gateway drugs and I don't need to know about gateway drugs. I don't know if they really exist or not, but I do know that worry is the gateway vice. Because for some reason, the church has been tricked that a little worry is okay as long as we don't give full, fully into it. And according to Jesus' words, that, that is not true. He says, "Do not worry at all." Someone sent us a reflection, and it was awesome because it reminded them of the message. and I was like, "This is so awesome, but even in the reflection, the person writing it, it's almost as if he's saying, "Hey, it's okay for you to have a little bit worry. Just don't give fully in to it." And the Lord says, "Do." Not worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink. What that tells me is that the Lord wants me and you to live a worry-free life. So I want to do the test this morning. How many of you were able to at least worry less or not worry at all this week? Come on. Yes, yes, let faith and hope arise. Come on. If you weren't able to raise your hand, get closer to the Lord. Well, I mean, trust the Lord more. Say, man, I'm worried about this, but God, you take it. And what the Lord does is he takes away worry. Listen, we all have reasons to worry. Every single one of us, we have to go and get gas. We have to go and buy groceries. We have to go out and buy food. We have to watch another team win another Super Bowl when they don't deserve it, man. And we all have to see all that. And the Lord's saying, don't worry. Man, I was like, Thomas Edward Brady, come back and save us. Anyways, okay. Okay. All right, so this morning, we're focusing on David, and we shared that passage so that you get your your, your mind around what is going on and the context that we're jumping into. There's this giant, this champion, Goliath of Gath, and he's going and challenging the entire army of Israel. He's saying, let one of your guys come and fight me. If he wins, then we'll be your servants, but if I win, then you will serve us. And I don't know what you know about the army of the Lord, but the army of the Lord does not serve anyone other than the Lord. And so when Saul and all the men heard this, they were afraid, meaning they were worried. They were shaking in their little space boots. They were biting their nails. They were wondering, well, who's strongest among us? Who can, how many push-ups did you do this morning? How many push-ups can you do? Okay. Like they, they were more, they, they were worried. They were greatly afraid. They were dismayed. I think it's safe for us to say that they were worried. Would you agree? Okay. So now let's jump in and let's catch this young cat named David. Verse uh, 15. Second Samuel 17, 15 says, but David, is David back in here? Come on, man, we're talking about you. I see you, yes. And I can recognize you. You don't have on a disguise. It's good. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep and help with good hands carpet cleaning at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand. Morning and evening, think about it. They must have been worried and they knew in the morning Goliath was going to come. They knew in the evening Goliath was going to come. They they were scared. They were worried about this. Look at verse 17. And Jesse said to David his son, Take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these 10 loaves and carry them quickly to the camp. To your brothers. Also take these ten cheeses to the commander of their thousand. See if your brothers are well. And bring some token from them. And I, I, I wonder what Jesse was thinking. And I wonder what David was thinking. Because if this was me sending my son to a battlefield. I would have probably had reason to worry a little bit. If I was David. David. I would have probably had a little bit of reason to worry, but David was given a mission by his father, and David accepted the mission. He wasn't worried about what might happen. He was thinking about what he needed to do. That's all he could control. Are you with me? And so then he says, He says, Take take these ten cheeses to the commander of their thousand. That's like your mom baking a cake for your boss, Right? It's like you making cupcakes for your supervisor. You're trying to, you know, butter them up, right? You're trying to get on their good side. But then Jesse says, see if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. Now, what do you think this token means? Let us, let us know that they're doing well. Sometimes it could be a ring. Sometimes it could be like a lock of hair. It could be different things. But it's like, hey, let it give us proof of life. uh, David, I'm seeking proof of life that not only are my sons alive, but that they're doing well. And so that's what he means by bring some token. Look at verse 19. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. He got a mission and he went as he was commanded. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. Again, he could have been nervous. He could have worried. He could have said, man, what did I get myself into? Have you ever been in a what did I get myself into moment? Where you're like, what did I agree to? What did I tell them I could do? What did I say I could help with? How did I tell them I could serve in this way and why? Good. Verse twenty-one. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. Look at what David did. Verse twenty-two. And David left the things in the charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. He needed to greet his brothers because he had a mission. His father wanted some token to know, hey, give me something that that, that you're alive. Give me a ring. Give me a lock of hair. Give me a piece of your clothing. Give me something so that we might know It would be a token of good faith that lets us know that you are alive. Look at verse 23. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. Look at verse 24. All the men of Israel when they saw the man fled from him and were much afraid. The same thing happened. The same thing happened and David was around. The same thing happened. Goliath came and he gave the proclamation. He's like, hey, come out and fight me or or you're weaklings. They were, they were sore afraid, but there was a difference here. In verse 23, I didn't read it. You might have noticed, but at the end of verse 23, it says, and David heard him." It was the same proclamation morning and evening, but here, David, this man after God's own heart, heard the Philistine, heard the challenge come out. While all the men of Israel were afraid, while they fled from him and they were afraid and they were worrying, David heard what was said. Look at verse 25. The men of Israel who were afraid and were worrying said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. It's like he's saying, hey, if anyone owes Uncle Sam anything, we'll forgive that if there's someone who can come and kill this champion. Not only that, the king will give him great riches, will give him his daughters, and his father's house will be free. In Israel. Look at verse 26. And David said to the men who stood by him. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine. And takes away the reproach. From Israel. Who's David worried for? He's worried for the reproach that has come against. The armies of the living God. The reproach that has come against Israel. David isn't thinking about himself right here. He's thinking about this guy who's coming out and offending the army of the living God. And David's like, what's going to happen when we we wipe this guy away? What's going to happen to the man who kills this guy and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's not saying, oh, we should be so afraid. His... His spear is so heavy and long and his, his armor is in his coat of mail, and his, he's not saying any of that. He's not even afraid. He's not even worried about Goliath of Gath. He's saying, "Who is this uncircumcised philistine that has defined the armies of the living God?" Something important that is happening here. David's not worried about losing. Look at verse 27. The people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done to the man who killed him. By this point, David's already like, I'm going to kill this guy. Anything else is extra. Who is this guy that's defying the army of the living God? He's about to go down. His beating heart is about to stop. Maybe I should try and negotiate so I can get some. I'm already going to kill this guy. But maybe I should negotiate something. Some kind of riches, some kind of lottery, some kind of blessing. See, David isn't worried about losing to this guy. Everyone else is afraid. Everyone else is worried. But David knows the power of God. I want you to write this down. As we focus on God's power, we don't have to worry about our circumstance. As we focus on God's power, we don't have to worry about our circumstance. It doesn't, seem, it doesn't matter how impossible it might seem. It doesn't matter how unlikely it might seem. When we focus on God's power, when our trust and our faith are in him, we don't have to worry about our circumstance. They might seem like a giant, but they're just a pawn that he's ready to move off the table. It might seem like it's impossible to get that healing, but it's just a pawn getting ready to be moved off the table. That addiction might seem so hard that it's got you tied up for years and it might seem like you're never going to get out of that pit. It's just a pawn that he's getting ready to move off of the table. Stop treating that problem, that circumstance like it's bigger than your God. Are you with me? We're all getting it. (laughs) I've got circumstances right now that I'm like, what are we going to do? What am I, how am I going to, what should my strategy be? We've all got it. It's not bigger than our God. Come on. There's no lack that's bigger than Him. There's no need that's bigger than Him. verse 31 and 32, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul and Saul sent for him. I imagine Saul's like, who's this brave person saying this? So he calls for them and then he sees David. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. When he's saying, let no man's heart fail because of him, he's saying, don't let anyone be worried about this Goliath of Gath. Don't let anyone be worried about this champion that's come to defy the armies of the living God. That's come to be a reproach to us. That's come to be a stain to us, David is so confident in his God, he said, Don't let anyone worry because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I want you to write this down. People who don't worry help others not worry. People who don't worry help others not worry. It's contagious when we're brave, when we're courageous. It's contagious. When we're filled with encouragement and hope, especially when we have no reason to be, it is contagious. We're able to help others not worry. I want to be the kind of person that helps others not worry. Hey, I know you're, you're going down this tunnel, and I know it seems like one way, and I don't know. It, it seems like only one thing is going to come of this, but I want to instill hope in you. I want to help give you a reason not to worry but but look at verse 33 As Saul said to David you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are but a youth and he has been a man of war from his youth If this if there was like a a, a southern version of of scripture it would be like, yeah, you're getting a little too big for your britches. <laughs> you're, you're talking, you're, you're writing checks. God, <laughs> you can finish it. You're writing checks that you might not be able to cash. You're trying to give a payment that you might not be able to pay. So, and so Saul doesn't believe. David believes. David knows. But Saul doesn't believe. Why? Because he's filled with worry. I want you to write this down. It's, it's not the same thing. People who worry, help others worry. People who worry, help others worry. Have you seen it? Have you experienced that in your life? Well, I, I know you're excited about this thing, but have you thought about, no, shut up, I'm not worried. I know you've you've got this plan and God's highlighting so many things to you, but have you thought about, no, because I'm not worried. Why are you trying to make me worry like you worry? You ever know anyone like that? People who worry helping others worry? Yeah. It's quite frustrating, especially when you've got a word from the Lord. Look at verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. (laughs) Notice what he says, used to. It's like, dude, you're still on the clock, but you're just delivering supplies and getting a token. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear... And took a lamb from the flock I went after him and struck him And delivered it out of his mouth And if he rose against me I caught him by his beard And struck him And killed him Your servant has struck down Both lions and bears And this uncircumcised Philistine Shall be like one of them For he has defied The armies Of the living God this is a good word, isn't it? He's like, hey, I know you're trying to give me a reason to worry. And I know you're just trying to be a realist because a lot of worriers are like, I'm just a realist. And you're just like, yeah, but God does the impossible. So shut your mouth. Shut your faith. Your lack of faith disgusts me. No one? Man. <sighs> that- should have got something i could understand last week there can be only one but that one someone should have got Uh. Ah. david's like hey here's my resume here's why i'm able to come against this this uncircumcised philistine i trusted in the lord and i got a lion snap i trusted the lord and i got a bear and lions and bears are no joke they are no joke I saw a grizzly, there was a boat going along this river and I saw a grizzly come and like run after them and I'm like, oh, he's about to get them. He's almost got a snack. (laughs) It was quite nerve wracking. I wasn't worried for them, but. But David's like, hey, you need a resume. Here's my resume. Here's why I can do what I'm saying. Because I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in God. Just like God delivered them into my hands, he'll do the same to this Philistine. Dude, that is so good. He's not worried. I want you to write this down. If we make a habit of not worrying now, we won't worry later. If we make a habit of not worrying now, we won't worry later. Here David goes on a simple mission to bring supplies and bring back a token. Easy peasy. And here he is accepting side quests and not worried about them. He's not worried about them at all. Why? Because he has made a habit not to worry, but to rather trust in the Lord his God and his power. we make a habit of not worrying now, we won't worry later, no matter what side quests come our way, no matter what missions the Lord puts in our way. These are some reasons not to worry. But the main reason not to worry is in verse 37. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion. Have you seen a lion's paw? Goodness. And from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hands of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. See, David was able to help Saul not worry. Did you catch that? People who don't worry help others not worry. And even when someone who worries was trying to help David worry, David is like, no, I'm going I'm to help you not worry. Here's what the Lord has done. Here's what he's going to do. Why worry? What, me? Worry? Worry? Man, that's for me. That reference is for me, I guess. Gee. I want you to write this down. This is the main reason why we don't worry. The Lord delivers us from worry. That worry that it seems like you can't escape, Lord longs to deliver you from it. Why does Freedom Fellowship exist? to help others find and live in the freedom that Jesus came to bring. This is one of those freedoms. Freedom from worry. Come on. He's the main reason why we do not worry. We honor him, we praise him, we reverence him when we do not worry. Verse 38. Doing very good on time. Y'all should be proud of me. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. See, it does help when when you've tested and you've been tested in the midst of worry. It does help. I can just imagine Saul giving him the best armor, the best thing that he could give him, and 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 then David like, no, I can't do it, dude. I'm sorry. And then just see David taking it off. I can imagine Saul's worryingness increase. Were, were you, you're going to get rocks? You're going to get smooth stones? My dad tried to be sneaky and when he was in Israel uh, on a tour near where David and Goliath fought, he went and he found five smooth stones. Like, you're sneaky. Trying to be original. Everyone's done that, Pa. Like, but it's incredible that he got to do that. And David goes forth with his staff in hand and his sling. And he approached the Philistine. I can just imagine Saul like, but, but you're not wearing the armor that I gave you. It's like, yeah, it hadn't been tested. Look at verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked, away, looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy, and handsome in appearance. Sometimes Bible characters remind you of you, huh? <laughs> Verse 43, and, and the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. We read this and and we understand that David could have been worried. David could have said, what did I get myself into? What have I done? As this giant and his shield bearer is coming after him, he could have thought, what have I done? He could have worried. But his trust was in someone who would not help him or cause him to worry. Look at verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you not with rocks, not with a staff, not with an experience, not with a resume, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David's like, you think you got me, but I've actually got you. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Here is David, the encourager, the one who is not worried, helping others not worry. Goliath's like, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to you. And, And David's like, the Lord's going to deliver you into our hand. Verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put in his hand, in his bag, and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Think about the hope that's on the side of the army of Israel. And think about the hope that was lost on the side of the Philistines. Their giant had fallen by a little ruddy kid and a rock. Verse 50, or so it seemed to them, but he came in the name of the Lord. Verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword. In the hand of David. Because if David had a sword in his hand, he just said, I might be tempted to trust in this sword. And if I'm trusting in the sword, I might be tempted to worry because if my trust isn't in the Lord, but rather in the sword, it's going to lead to worry. The verse 51, then David ran. This is so hardcore. David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now I know their children's church, that they have like murals painted on the wall. And I've often joked that we should have David holding up Goliath's head. (laughs) Kids are like, I don't want to go to children's church anymore. (laughs) How hardcore is that? This young, ruddy kid who was a shepherd, who was just on a measly little errand to take supplies and to bring back a token of life. I mean, Jesse could have been worried if, if there were cell phones in this day. Right? He'd be like, yeah, hey, David's... He what? He's doing what? He said what? I mean imagine there's so many reasons why people could worry in this story. And yet David just continues to point people to the Lord. And God gave him the victory. I want to finish in verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in his tent. The main reason I share that is because I want you to understand David brought the head to Jerusalem. David had a marker of the victory that God had given him. And he brought it back to Jerusalem to remember. And I want to encourage you to have markers of victories that the Lord has put in your hands and bring them back into your household. No, he delivered me from jealousy. No, he delivered me from envy. No, he delivered me from pride. No, he delivered me from lust. He delivered me from all of these things. He delivered me from a worldly mindset. He delivered me from worry. And I want you to have the head of that worry. Have the head of that pride. Have the head of that sin. That that iniquity that you used to fall into, but you do not fall into anymore. And praise the Lord your God for that victory. Remind yourself of the victory that he's given you. And in doing so, we honor the one who is the living God, the one to whom nothing is impossible. We honor him, we trust him, and we worship him when we say, you gave me the victory. This lion would have beat me. This pride would have beat me. This ego would have beat me. But you gave me the victory. This lust, this temptation would have defeated me. But you gave me the victory. How awesome is that? I want for us to pray that the Lord would deliver us from worry in the same way he delivered David, in the same way he's delivered so many of his people, in the same way he's delivered us, you and I are not worried about everything. And even in that, we have a step ahead than where the world is at. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that the moves that you do and the works that you do are lasting God, I pray that you would remove worry far from our hearts. I pray that you would open up our eyes to see that not worrying is not just reserved for the super spiritual. It's reserved for everyone who is a Christian, everyone who is a Christ follower. You have brought freedom from worry. You long to bring freedom from worry. Lord, we cannot do it on our own power. We cannot do it on our own strength. We trust solely in you so that you might remove worry from our lives. Help us to be a people who do not worry and help others not to worry as well. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to say a blessing over you, if I may. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And may you and I go forth not worrying about anything. Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a blessed week.